Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for dropping into another episode here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm joined by Alex Yeeter. Alex and I were were introduced by a mutual friend um, and have had a couple of conversations leading up to recording the podcast. And uh, one thing's very clear to me, Alex is a, is a genuinely nice guy, but we also both nerd out on franchising in, in a big way. So um, Alex, really excited to, to have you here on the podcast. I appreciate you making the time for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was it was the the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Van Horn, that connected us. Yeah, and um, I'm sure you've been blessed by that relationship, like lots of other people have. Oh, but, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's been great getting to know you. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun journey already, and I and start of a great friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Really, uh, really appreciate Eric introducing us. And yeah, he's he's. Uh, one of the best. I mean, he knows everybody. He's always willing to make introductions, uh, you know, help you out in any way that he can. Uh, I get the same same sense about you. And, and uh, you know, hopefully I'm in a position to to return that sentiment from time to time. But so tell tell the audience a little bit about, you know, what your involvement in the the world of franchising looks like today because you're you're in a pretty unique position that that I find fascinating. Yeah, so I am in a partnership where we are area representatives for an emerging brand um, called Everbowl. Everbowl is a superfood concept. Um, acai bowls, uh, you know, 90, 95% of what we do is our bowls. Um, started out of San Diego by Jeff Fenster. They started franchising back in 2020. I came across Everbowl uh, he was on, Jeff was on Eric's podcast yeah. is actually how I found Jeff got connected to Jeff and, uh, Brian Augustine, their development officer, uh, and just started looking at the brand. And like we were talking about before you started recording, you know, I, I knew we wanted to be a part of the brand. Um, and our thought process was we were going to own some stores and, and fast forward, we're now area representatives for them in a partnership. Um, and we own 13 states and our partnership, we are bringing 160 stores. Um, but we're not the owner operators of those stores. We are, uh, the old school model would have been called like a master franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we bought, you know, the 13 states, the, the 160 stores and our partnership is with Drew Brees and a couple of his college buddies, uh, but friends of his since his freshman year. That he's been doing business with, uh, great friends. They travel together. They're, they're they're really good people. And then my business partner Mitch and I, we've been together for ten years, doing business together. And um, you know, we're Mitch and I are Buckeyes fans. They're obviously Boilermakers, but we've been working yeah. really well together. But but Drew was a customer of Everbowl, which that's a reoccurring theme with Everbowl. A lot of our franchisees were customers first. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, Drew was a customer of Everable during COVID. Um, he started to connect with Jeff Fenster, like, hey, how am I going to get my Everable? These stores are closed in San Diego. And um, <laughs> I think Jeff actually delivered, I can deliver some stuff to him or something. Well, that but, was smart of uh, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff's a hustler. Jeff's yeah, a hustler. that was and, smart. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Drew just kept asking more and more questions, uh, ended up becoming a partner at the at the uh, the franchisor level, Brandon Bassiter, he's a franchisee. Um, and then a uh, uh, year and a half ago, I pitched him and his partners on the idea of this area rep deal. We started off with just doing like four states together, the Midwest, and then we've just been expanding. As we see Everbull keep beefing up their franchise support team and bringing in more, more and more talent, um, obviously with your franchise experience, you know a lot of times these franchises They'll go from zero to 50, literally like store count zero to 50, um, and off of great momentum from a great founder. And then it's like, now we're going to franchise this thing, but they, the founder is not wise enough to understand now it's a different business. Yes. And they try to do it themselves and they lack support. They lack real estate strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, they lack funding relationships and it's just a recipe for disaster. And yeah. unfortunately we're seeing it in our space already. Um, but. It was it was a little over a year ago that uh, Jeff brought in Trevor Sacco, who has 20 plus years of restaurant experience. Beginning of the year, they brought in a guy named Ed that does real estate. He's done real estate in the restaurant space for 30 years. Um, they brought in Shelly to be VP of operations, who uh, was with Jamba um, and uh-huh. Cinnabon. So I mean, like just heavy hitters in uh, franchise and restaurant, um, and and allowed Jeff to focus on being the founder. Yeah. And just being out there talking about talking about Everbowl and all the other brands that um, that are part of the Everbowl family. Every everything that Jeff does is part of the Everbowl family, which I love. You know, we have We Build, um, and then we have the Unevolved Studios that you and I were talking about. So yeah, really, just I love this franchise, man. I really, really do. Uh, just great people all all around, um, from HQ to the franchisee level. But but yeah, we're long story short. Area representative, which which what that means in the franchising world is we're, we're like a mini franchise. Um, yeah. and, and what I like to say is we get the fun part of franchising. Um, Everable did all the hard work and they, they, uh, they, they put together all the legal documents. Um, and I've got a team of uh, two guys that works with me uh, to support the stores we have right now. As we grow, I'll continue to have franchise business coaches that I'll add to my team and trainers to help support with the grand openings. Um, but uh, we, we do the franchise development process. Once they, once they get their franchise agreement signed, we help them with real estate. We do have national relationships on the real estate side. We help them with the construction. We do the owner's training out of our headquarters here in Noblesville, Indiana. Um, and then we're there to support them grand opening week. And then the entire time, um, you know, that they're a franchise, we are there. They also get full access to Everbowl, just like every other franchisee. We're just an added added layer. So uh, really kind of a special relationship and situation. Yeah, I, I appreciate you kind of explaining that because it's it's not as common in franchising now, it seems, as as it used to be with the this area rep and, and master franchise kind of models. But but it's a really interesting way of doing it and and. I like the way you described it as kind of an added layer of support to the actual franchisees because yeah, you've got 
Everbowl, I mean, call it Everbowl corporate, right? The franchisor yeah. level. And you just gave numerous examples of how, you know, Jeff, the founder, was smart enough to realize that, you know, hey, it's a different ball game now. And I need to bring in some other people and surround myself with industry experts that have done this with other brands before. Um, but then also to have, you know, that that level uh, of support, you know, where you and your team are focusing um, for the franchisees, that's that's kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion. And and so I know with a lot of uh, these AR models, you are required to still be a franchisee yourself and own and operate at least a certain number of locations. Um, and, and I know you do have, I think, one location right now with a second opening soon that that you own and, and are the actual franchisee. Is that how Everbowl set up, though? Is that a requirement yeah. or is that something you chose to do? Yes, that, that is a requirement. And we we um, before we um, got into a business relationship with Drew Brees, um, we were out in San Diego and we were talking territory. Right. You're having that territory conversation. And I asked Jeff, um, I assumed that um, acai would not do well in the cold weather states, right? It's like, oh, this is cold stuff. We're, you know, the, the weather in Indiana is not beautiful four or five months out of the year. Um, and uh, I said, Jeff, what's one state that you have in your back pocket that you're waiting for one of your best friends to say they want to do business with you and you would give it to him? And he was like, Tennessee. He goes, I think Tennessee is going to be great. He pulled up all this data where U-Haul shows that like all these people from um, from the, the coast were moving to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and and you know so we we were we went in with the idea of buying the state of Tennessee and we were going to open up stores in Tennessee. Um, and then in that we were like, but we want one store in Indiana because because he told us like, hey, Drew Brees is coming. Um, you know, I, I don't want to you know I don't want to cause problems and have to go to him and and you know. Uh, say these guys want to buy five stores or whatever. Um, and, and they gave us the right to buy one store. Um, and, but yeah, I love it. You know, I, I was on the phone last night with one of our franchisees talking about, um, grassroots marketing strategies that we're implementing in our store. Um, and, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'll test this out myself, right? Cause I believe in it. Um, so it's not, it's not me saying, Hey guys, you should go try this. And I'm actually doing it in my store first. So, I really, really appreciate that level. Helps me to understand the challenges of, you know, first time franchisees, first time, you know, because as we talked about a little bit as well, Mitch and I, we had, we had um, pushing 20 years of experience in the wireless industry with uh, a Verizon franchise called Wireless Zone. And, you know, like that's all we knew. So when we came into the restaurant space, we had to rediscover accounting, rediscover the way that a profit and loss looks, what cost of goods sold all that stuff. And Everbowl was there to help us. But, you know, the fact that I was able to go through it, um, it, it equips me way better to be able to support my franchisees. There's no doubt about it. And and that's why I like that. It, it does seem that most franchisors that have this area representative model built into it, it is a requirement. Uh, and it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're such a valuable resource to all the franchisees you know, under the areas that you own because you are living it and breathing it yourself. And, you know, for the new folks that are just coming in, you're further along than they are. You have more experience, but you're also, 
able to aggregate all of the experience, the the best practices, the the what not to do's, right? From, yeah. Oh, yeah. from all the other franchisees in your areas and and you know, share that that information. And so for those wondering, I mean, we don't need to get into too many of the details, but for those wondering, uh how does how does the business model work for you as an area representative? It's basically a revenue split between you and the franchisor. Is that correct? Yep. With with the initial franchise fees and then also with the royalties? Correct. Correct. Yep. That's that's how it works. So we had to out, obviously outlay a, a lot of money to to buy those stores. But then, you know, as we are collecting our uh, royalties and franchise fees, our, our cut of it, um, we're, we're paying back that debt uh, by doing that. But yep. So I want to, I want to, uh, just share this popped into my mind as you were, were telling the story, right. Which was, you know, you're sitting there listening to, to Jeff Spinster on, on, Eric Van Horn's podcast, Franchise Secrets, hearing about Everbowl. Uh, did you ever imagine at that point in time that fast forward, what, three years, if if even that long? Yeah. You'd be partnered with Drew Brees. Right. Owning 13 states and 150 yeah. some <laughs> licenses for locations. Yeah. I, I think about the the scene in Anchorman where they're sitting around after the big street brawl and they're like, man, that escalated quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. what it seems that's like. Awesome. It, yeah. It was like for you, like that's, that's a pretty it crazy ride. Yeah. And, and you didn't know Drew going no. into this, right? How did you yeah, get no. connected with, with Drew Brees? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right that um, I am like, Every day I, I re, re, uh, realize and just am so appreciative of the, you know, truly like I, I, I believe it's a God breathed, um, process and, uh, relationships and connections to get me and us where we're at. Um, and, um, I work best when I pray and seek wise counsel and I take my time on decisions and I don't get ahead of God because when I try to do it Alex's way, man, like, uh, I'll screw, I screwed up. And in this process, it's been like cookie crumbs all the way. It's like, go open up a couple stores. This makes sense. And then it was like, we bought Tennessee and we were doing area rep stuff in Tennessee just ourselves. So we proved the model and the success. So when, when it came time to sit down with Drew mm -hmm. and his team, I could already show him like, Hey, we sold 11 of the 15 uh, opportunities in Tennessee within the first 45 days. Um, so, wow. you know, they, they, they were, you know, we had proof to back up what we were saying, but, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been a really cool process. And, you know, it was the, the building that I'm in right now, I work out of a co-working space until our headquarters is built. I brought Ben Smith in, who's, who's one of Drew's partners and just laid out the whole deal of what an area rep deal looks like with Everbowl and the confidence that I had in Everbowl. And um, he was like, okay, yeah, you know, he didn't seem overly excited about it. And he called me two weeks later and he was like, we're in. And, and I was I was like, you're in? What does that mean? He's like, are you guys doing it or are we doing it? And um, he's like, oh, no. He's like, you, you're, we're doing it with you. And the key in that whole story, which I, I didn't realize, was Drew picked up the phone and called Jeff Fenster. 
And Jeff Fenster is the one that, that vouched for me and believed in me. And, you know, last wow. time I was in San Diego, I went into Jeff's door or room and shut the door. And I was like, brother, like me and my family and Mitch and his family, we truly appreciate the fact that, you know, you were willing to, to put, you know, that relationship on the line. Um, uh, so lots of key people put us in that position. And, you know, I, um, I've been working with professional athletes since, um, uh, 2010. I always remember because it was right around the time that LeBron left for Miami and, and did the whole decision thing. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was working with Evan Turner. I helped Evan Turner get, uh, he played for Ohio State. Yeah. He was the number two draft pick, got drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. And I helped get him, um, man, I don't even think it was an iPhone. I don't even think we had iPhones back then. I think it was like <laughs> a new Motorola smartphone or something. Yeah, and we, probably. He and I recorded, um, we recorded the, the transaction and we made it look like the decision. And at the end, Evan said, That's I'm going to take my talents to Verizon. The funny thing is, is like it was, it was shot on like a 1.3 megapixel camera, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. like the, it, it's worthless nowadays, but it was hilarious. And that's but funny. To say that, like, I just, I, I've always, you know, when I was in Cleveland, I was the Verizon guy for all the Browns players. Um, you know, they were, they, they, they'd go out, break their phone, text me at three o'clock in the morning. And, and, you know, I'd have them set up the next morning and drive it to the practice facility, whatever. Right. Um, so I was accustomed to working with professional athletes and, um, some of my favorite relationships were with, uh, Wishbone, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Obviously I, I was in Cleveland for quite a while and I, I got to work with them and, they're like right around my age, right? Yeah. So when I would sit and talk about Wishbone, the two these are the two conversations we would have. And this is – I apologize. This is going off on a tangent. but No, this is um, fascinating. The, the two conversations we would always have was I would always have story time with Wish where I would have him tell me a story. And he told me about the first time that they went to go perform and Eze was uh was their guy, was the manager, right? And Eazy's like, I'm gonna pay you guys twenty thousand dollars. I'm gonna fly out to L.A. and you're gonna perform. And um, in 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 the music industry, you get half the money up front, you get half the money after the show. So uh, Eazy comes in and he pays them the ten thousand dollars, and they're like, we're not performing until we get all of our money. And he's like, you guys are gonna blow the opportunity of your lifetime over ten thousand dollars. And they they finally are like, okay, cool. They performed. Obviously, it all worked out. But he, they gave me story after story every time they would come in, and then we, but then we would talk about our kids, because you know they would have they had kids my age, my kids yeah. age, right? Yeah. So it's like now we're talking about being a dad, being a husband, and and all that stuff. So, and I still I still keep in touch with Wish and Crazy. Um, they're they're great men. They really are great men. And um, great, back in the day, great I don't, music I don't too. Do, oh, dude, I love it. Uh, Takes me back to college listening to, oh, yeah. to bone thugs and harmonies really yeah. good stuff. well and and my favorite my favorite bone song of all time was the one they did with biggie and they told me yeah. the story about that the time they did that and i can't say that on air well I, that'll have to be off off camera but uh, all right that, and my 15 year old son's in the room i can't say that in front of him yeah but it was, it's, it's a hilarious story but, but so um, how did yeah, how so, did you end up becoming the the cell phone provider to the professional athlete was it just kind of where your stores were located or yeah or a little bit, was it a little something bit of else? that and then twitter um as well it was like oh. um 
one of the one of the Browns players was like, I need help with the cell phone, right? And I just happened to tweet him, and I was like, hey, I, I can help you with this. And um, he's like, oh, where are you at? And I told him, I'm at Steelyard Commons. I'm not that far. You could come here, or I'd come to you. And he ended up coming in and getting on the phone. And I was like, hey, we can we take a picture together, and I'll share it? And I took a picture. His name was Carlton Mitchell. He played for a couple of years with the Browns. Uh, and all the other players saw that. And then my phone starts blowing up from them. And uh, so, yeah. And, and like, I'm more the of an NBA wizard. guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, what, one of my favorite stories was I was at was downtown Cleveland, and Joe Hayden, who, who had quite, quite an NFL career um, and was a great guy, just one of those really good guys. He was walking from his, like, penthouse suite with, like, a group of 10 people to Bally House, which was, like, a local bar and restaurant. And I just got done there with the meeting. And I was walking out, and Joe sees me. He's like, hey, Al, how's it going, blah, 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 blah. We're talking to each other. And uh, he was asking how the kids are doing and stuff. And I walk by him, and I hear some of the people in the group are like, who is that dude? He's like, what are you talking about? That's Verizon Al. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. So oh, it, was, it, was, it was a fun – that was a fun season. Um, uh, but, you know, it was it, – it got me really comfortable around – you know, just being myself around athletes. Like yeah. I never, I truly never really asked for anything. I was there to serve, but I also, I was never going to um, allow, like a lot of these guys push way too much. And I'm just like, I have my boundaries. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not going to overstep. I'm not going to overstep my boundaries and you're not going to overstep your boundaries. Like that's how that relationship's going to work. And yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it, I think it helps. You know, by the time that relationship opportunity came around with Drew, you know, I'm a dad of four. I've got 19, 17, 15-year-old boys and a five-year-old boy that's about to be six. Um, and so, like, you know, I, and, and Drew and his, and his partners are about the same age. So it's the same thing. It's like we're talking about kids. We're talking about life stuff, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. So. Well, and it, it seems to me – just from the outside looking in, and and I think you and I talked about this in one of our our earlier conversations, but Drew Brees comes across as like one of the nicest, most humble, like genuine people, and and you were like, that's hundred percent who he is. That's not yep. you know him putting on any sort of a, a facade. Um, so it makes sense. Just you know, hearing you talk about it, and then just you know the perception that most people have of a guy like Drew Brees that you yeah. know he would be a great business partner and and would be approachable. You know, wouldn't be pretentious in any way that you know. Oh, you're not you're not a professional yeah. athlete too. We can't you know do business together or anything like that. Well, and you know, a lot of people may not realize this because they're not franchise nerds like you and I, but. Drew Brees was no stranger to franchising before yeah. getting involved with Everbowl. He's got a very impressive, you know, portfolio of franchises that he's a franchisee for, but he's also involved with numerous things at the franchisor level as right. well. I mean, he's crushing it in the franchise yep. space. Well, and and like think about think about it this way, Wes. My business partner is uh an unbelievable uh, financial business partner, right? Um, he has he has uh, a lot of a ridiculous amount of relationships from college teammates to professional teammates oh, all no over the country that that he can help connect 
with that is good for the business. Um, he is, uh, but the two biggest things is he's a mentor because as you said, this dude is, he eats and breathes business and franchising. Um, and he is, you put him in a room with uh, some of the top level franchise people and he's going to be the, or one of the most impressive people in the room, right? Um, a lot of what we do, what I was out in Diego a little over a month ago recording content and um, we were talking about this store that we were doing and he was like, hey, you should document the entire process of the construction to when we build comes and then we'll talk about the timeline. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. Um, and then he talked to me about what you and I talked about. He was like, I think we should make some of this content and put it on LinkedIn. Um, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, Smalls does really well. One of his brands does really well on LinkedIn. Um, so he's, you know, he's not just a money guy and a celebrity, right? Like, I mean, the dude is off the chains, wicked smart, attention to detail, great negotiator, um, sees steps ahead. I mean, you, you, you can understand like looking like, oh, this is why he's one of the, you know, top five greatest quarterbacks of all time, future Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah. I mean, just student. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans. Oh, yeah. But like, bro, he is like, like he is the, the, He's he's got a lifetime pass. He's the mayor of New Orleans. Um, man, yeah. they love him. Love well, him. tell tell him. So my wife went to LSU. Um, oh, nice. So so I lived in Louisiana for almost three years, and you know Baton Rouge is like an hour from New Orleans. So you know we would we would go down there all the time. And I know one of the brands that he's a partner in at the franchisor level, or at least was, unless this has changed, is Walk-Ons. Yep. And so the original walk-ons is right next to Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. And we would go all the time when we were living there. And so when we saw that they were franchising, we got excited. And uh, it was, I don't know, probably close to two years ago at this point that, you know, Wilmington, North Carolina, where we live, got a walk-on. Yeah. So nice. uh, tell tell Drew that uh, we're big fans of walk-ons and yeah. uh, support the Wilmington location as often yeah. as we can. Nice. Um but he's, uh so the smalls the smalls franchise that he's a partner in um is the sliders that are on the walk-on uh menu um yeah which their sliders are off the charts good they so are they 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 created a um i believe it's a drive-through pickup brand and they're in they're like storage containers so it's yeah. like really cool and um they're blowing up man they're doing they're doing really really well so i hadn't um, heard of that you you told me about that one of the, yeah. the times we were speaking recently and that's, yeah, that's a cool concept, but you know, not, not that I want to make this whole conversation about yeah. Drew Brees, but it it is interesting how, you know, especially hearing from you, that's a, a business partner with him in a, in a pretty big way, how savvy he is. And, and also just like how hands-on and involved he is, because I think a lot of times, you know, when people see that, whether it's a professional athlete or, you know, a movie star, anyone that's, you know, uh, famous and got some celebrity when they're, you know, attached to a business deal. A lot of times I think the perception is, oh, well, someone just looped them in on this because they Correct. had some money and they want to be able to leverage their name and connections. But they probably not really involved in the actual strategy of the business or the operations. And they probably wouldn't be much help, even if they were right. 
but right. that that doesn't sound like it's it's Drew at all. It sounds like he's kind of you know leading the charge for a lot yeah, of these different ventures that he's involved in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know other like some of the sister companies comparable like we build, you know we build, which is um, you know we they they build all of our furnitures and fixtures for Everbowl. Well, they're 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 doing this for other brands as well, like Shaq's Big Chicken franchise. Yeah. They build stuff for stretch zone. I, I think they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be like the name brand, um, in the, in the fabrication and installation space for franchising, um, because they, they think like, how can I, how can we make the, make it better for the franchisor? How can we make it better for the franchisee? How can we make this stuff cost less money, stay high quality, get there quicker? Um, it's hilarious because like they, they were like, okay, we've got all this nailed, but now our problem is with um, the delivery of the products. And they were joking around like, let's start a trucking company. We'll just take care of that part as well. So it's that vertical integration every step of the way. And um, yeah, at yeah, this point, I wouldn't be shocked to to hear yeah. that they're, they've got a freight company now, uh, you know, moving stuff. But I mean, the, the yeah. we Build's a good example. It came out of a need, right? They're opening these yeah. franchise locations. And, and I imagine it's somewhere, somewhere along the way they ran into issues sourcing what they needed to build these locations out and right. you know good entrepreneurs are always looking for ways yep. to solve problems right and that's where a lot of the best business ideas come from so um if you're listening to this podcast then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life there's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected, and I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that's. it, it sounds like there's a lot really interesting things going on within Everbowl and the uh the the sister brands or yeah. family of brands that that they have. I'm curious 
you know, backing up a little bit, because you, you mentioned this earlier, you know, you owned wireless stores before. Right. So what what prompted you to get out of that? And I know you 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 heard Everbowl on on a podcast, but what do you think it was that really piqued your interest in Everbowl? And then as you learn more about it, what was it that got you to the point of saying this is this is the next opportunity for me? This is what what I'm going to do. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, we were at 32 Verizon stores um, and 110, 120 employees spread out over four states. Um, and it just got to be a lot. And at that point with Verizon, with wireless zone, it was, they were looking to grow. Uh, they were looking for more and more consolidation so it was like we were at that we were at that sweet spot of like uh, these guys that have four or five stores people are going to buy them up quickly. Do we want to be a seventy or eighty store company? You know, and and we just we made the decision that you know we felt like the timing was right for us to maximize the opportunity exit wise, and um, you know so we we were we had planned on waiting a few more years. Um, but then, um, you know, just opportunities start coming our way with buyers. So we just felt like we couldn't, we couldn't pass on the opportunity. Um, so we ended up selling them off to like three different groups. But uh, in that process, we were looking for an emerging brand. Uh, like I wanted the, the, the example that I was giving people was like, I wanted to find that rocket ship that was like super small. Right. And then we were able to grab on and, and drive their momentum. Um, to, to bring their, their stuff to our side of the country. And so my first idea, cause this was three years ago, right? This was three and a half years ago, really, when I started looking around, I went to Crumble Cookie and I went to Crumble Cookie and they had literally just like a week or two earlier sold my territory, uh, where I, I still have never had Crumble Cookie to this day because of, I've heard that story so many times that, yeah, yeah, somebody got a Crumble Cookie sold right out from underneath them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ashamed to say uh, I have had crumble cookie yeah. a few times, and it's a good cookie. Um, I'm sure it's a I'm good sure cookie, it's but yeah. But anyways, that that was but that type of a brand that was like, oh, we have 40 stores, and then you have like 300 open stores, and the 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 AUVs are through the roof, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was I knew I I knew I could find the next unicorn. And when we came across Everbowl, we we believed at that time, and we still believe to, to this day, that they are they are an emerging brand, they're a rocket ship, but they're responsible. Uh, it's a responsible franchise, and um, they're going to do it the right way. They're not going to get ahead of their skis. Um, uh, so it's like that perfect storm of, um, and we get to be you know early on in the conversations with with uh, Jeff, the the founder, and Brian, the development officer. They would say things like, hey, you know, no, we want you to, to give our input. We want you to be a part of this process. You know, you guys are part of the pioneers of what we're building here. At Verizon, like Verizon's been around some, for 30 years. Like, yeah. like you know, when, when, they, when they said, when they took away the slogan of, can you hear me now? I was like, why'd they take that away? You know, and, and my buddy was like, bro, they've got a billions of dollars they spent on marketing. Like, they don't care what you think, right? Yeah, like, right. They, they could they could care less. So that's so, that's a really interesting point. You know, I have these types of conversations with people regularly as I'm, you know, 
kind of helping them navigate just figuring out number one is franchise ownership, even the direction they want to go in. But, you know, if it's something they really want to dive deep into, you know, how to start identifying different brands that meet the criteria that they're looking for and really, you know, align with what they want to get out of business ownership. And, you know, just like you understood, you know, when you were looking for the next kind of crumble cookie or, or unicorn brand, there's there's a lot of opportunity with the emerging brands because territory is is such a big component yeah. of whether a brand's going to make sense for you or not because if the territory is not available it's a moot point right there's just yep there's nothing else to talk about right it's off the table right. it's not an option for you unless you're willing to move to where they they do have territory most most people are not going to do that so the the emerging brands is where you're going to find an opportunity to to lock down prime territory but it's also in a lot of people's eyes riskier and a scarier yep. proposition because yep. the brand's not as established there's not as much data there's not as much of a track record and you know for for someone like yourself who was already an experienced entrepreneur I would imagine maybe a little less daunting than for the person that, you know, maybe taking their right. their first step into business ownership. But, you know, it's 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 one of these things that's worth thinking through because there's a lot more to it than just, you know, territory. And and the the point that you made, which is, you know, you get in earlier with a brand, you're likely going to have the opportunity to help that brand innovate and to think creatively and think outside of the box. Whereas like you go and buy McDonald's franchise, like kind of like Verizon didn't want your, your marketing input, like (laughs) McDonald's is not going to probably be open to your suggestions, right? It's, they kind of got it down to a science at this point, it's plug and play. And and a lot of people are looking for that. Right. But like one of the things I hear people say fairly often, you know, is a negative to franchising is like, well, it's not, it's not that entrepreneurial. Well, right. Really (laughs) depends on the type of brand you get into and and where that brand is at in its evolution, because what you're doing as, as an early adopter in Everbowl and now owning the rights to 13 States and you're over here selling franchises, you're supporting franchises, you're running your own franchise you know, you've got these partnerships in place. I would argue that's incredibly entrepreneurial, right? But still oh, yeah. within the framework of a franchise. And so I think that's important for people to understand that this is not so cut and dry. And, and you know, one franchise is not going to be the same as the next. And so, you know, in, in most cases for the person that's really driven to get into business for your, for themselves, Chances are there's a franchise out there that's going to meet most, if not oh, yeah. all, of the the criteria that's most important to you. But but anyway, so three and a half years or so ago was was when you got yeah. into Everbowl. Um, we're recording this in, in November of 2023. So where was Everbowl at at that time? Like, do you, do you know or remember how many franchisees yep. they had? Uh, like, <laughs> how how early did you get into this? Yeah, so it was it was right at three years ago. Um, is when I started talking with Everbowl. Um, at that point, they had three franchisees. Oh, wow. Um, so you're franchisee four, number four? 
Yeah, four, probably five, maybe, nah, probably like six or seven by the time we got sold. Yeah, um, okay. First time. Still, but, first 10, but yeah. that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's royalty at this point. Yeah, like the, the, so we, we, we had to hustle, you know, they, they, we don't have an item 19 in our FDD. It's coming next year. Um, you know, because they owned their own 2025 stores. They weren't sure how to put that in the FDD. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but now we have enough history and enough stores that we've got the story to tell. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a challenge on the validation side. Like I had to do a lot of like, okay, what's this brand doing over here? What's this doing? Looking at the P and L's of the franchisees that were in existence, you know, underwriting it at like, 60% or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was, it was a lot, but yeah, it, it looked, you know, they were just in the process that year is when they started franchising. So they just had sold off a lot of their corporate stores to smaller groups. And then there was one large group that, that bought a bunch of the stores. Yeah. Um, so it was, I mean, it was, I didn't think it was risky because we actually went out there and met with the the team and, you know, I, I, we spent time with Jeff Fenster. We spent time with Brian and Augustine, spent time with Eric Hansen. And we, we just, we were like, and, and honestly, like I really trusted Eric Van Horn's guidance and Eric Van Horn um, really like highlighted like Alex, the talent and the money behind it, you know, because there was private equity investors and stuff. He goes, they're, they're too strong to lose. And obviously you always have that risk, but excuse me the um so eric van horn had a lot to do with that you know he was a really good mentor in that process but but yeah it was it, it was pretty early for us i mean my at that time my son owen was 15 years old he helped me build the performa out you know like because there was just i was pulling data from this side this side and it was like you know, everyone sold stores for this amount. So I'm like estimating what I thought the EBITDA was and, yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really cool story. And I mean, I, I was having a conversation yesterday with a, an awesome lady that I've been working with and she's looking very, very closely at a franchise and it's pretty similar to where Everbowl was at when, when you were in the process of signing, you know, they're out of Pennsylvania. They've got 12 or 13 corporate-owned locations yeah. all in and throughout Pennsylvania. Just started franchising earlier this year. You know, they've got some momentum. They've definitely sold some franchises. But at this point, they don't have any actual franchise right. locations open and operating. And so, you know, we're talking a little bit. And that makes it tough, right? Because one of the biggest opportunities you're going to have in most cases if you're researching a franchise is talking to the other franchisees and getting feedback yeah. from them and learning from their experience because they can share with you the good the bad you know the ugly if if there is any and there yeah. usually is some in, in any oh, of yeah. businesses um there, there's all types of very very helpful information that they can share with you that's going to help you make a more informed decision and and so when you don't have that, that's a little more difficult. And so oh, yeah. anyways, we were talking and, you know, she's kind of at this point in the process where she needs to decide, does she want to get on a plane and fly to Pennsylvania and meet with the founders and the corporate team? And, you know, I said to her, look, the only way 
you're going to get to a point where you can make a decision yes or no is by getting on the plane and going and meeting with them because otherwise there's just nothing else for you to do except for stall at this point yep. right and and do nothing and you know in the case of of getting in so early like this you're really betting on two things in my opinion you're betting on the founder the the team that they've yeah. built around themselves and obviously the the business model right and the business is sustainable and and going to continue to be in demand but then in addition to that you're betting on yourself right you're betting on yourself that right. hey i'm confident that with these partners with this business the support that that i expect to get from them i'm going to be successful and i'm going to be able to figure it out knowing good and well there's probably going to be some growing pains and and a learning right. curve because this thing's not fully baked yet um and and that's going to yeah, be more comfortable for some people than others there there are probably people out there that are going to be much better off getting into the franchise that's a little more mature a little more established but then there's going to be people like you that are going to really thrive, you know, when they're they're an early adopter and and get in early yeah. to something like that. Yeah, and I, I mean we'll we'll see what the future holds. I don't know that I'd want to go through the uh, the 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 riskiness of it again, but who knows? Who knows what happens? What'll happen? And I, I mean I love you know we we both really really love franchising and. Um, you know, I, I find myself in a I find myself in a lot of conversations with young entrepreneurs um, or people that are wanting to get into business. And I'm a huge fan of buying a business instead of building a business. And I feel like there's like there's there's you could buy a business, you could build a business from scratch, and then you kind of have this in between, which is franchising. Yeah. Um, because franchising, you're buying a business that doesn't yet exist, right? Yeah. But you can validate the numbers, right? So it's like I tell people all the time, and and I'm actually I have a I'm going to be speaking at um in a an investor meetup and talking about franchising and talking about buying existing businesses. Um, but I tell people all the time, it's like look where you live at. Like we live in Hamilton County, Indiana. It's one of the best places to live in the country. I think three of our cities are in the top five places to live in the country in 2023. Um. So it's a, it's a great place to live. Housing prices are fair. The, the the demographics are super strong. It's a great place to do business, right? Yeah. So go find the brand that is like crushing it elsewhere across the country. Bring it here. Put it in a good location. Be a great operator. You're probably going to do really well. Yeah. You know, it's just um, so you know it and it's the same concept where it's like there's just so many great franchise brands out there and. And it's it's a healthy and it's it's a safe way um, to be able to get into business and then like you said still have that entrepreneurial itch scratched you know um, we're we're working on stuff right now inside of Everbowl that we're pioneering where it's like okay we 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 can't go buy other franchises that are outside of our system but if there's places that are you know, juice shops, ice cream shops, old acai shops that are still in business, but they don't want to be in business. I could buy their equipment, yeah. make the life a little bit easier on the owner on an exit, take over their lease. Uh, so we're we're doing two of those. Uh, yeah, we're doing two of those in the next 60 days. My partner and I are doing one, and then we have a franchisee that, that's doing one. Um, so it's like we're trying that out. So like I love, I just I love. Once again, being with a franchise that allows me to be innovative 
and play around with ideas. You know, I'll take 20 ideas to them and 19 of them will be like, yeah, that's crazy. Don't do that. And, but one of them they'll like, so. Yeah. And that's, that's all it takes a lot of times. And I mean, there's so many cool stories out there, you know, of where something that's now like a staple with a brand was originally a crazy idea that a franchisee had. And, yeah. you know, it was not part of the playbook at the time. Like, I, I don't know. You, wasn't wasn't Drew like one of the biggest Jimmy John's franchisees oh, yeah. at, at one point in yeah. time, and maybe he still is. But I, I and so I don't know if this is a true story or not. He can probably fact check me on this, but yeah. I remember hearing that it was a franchisee with Jimmy John's that you know had the idea to really shrink the delivery range. Right. So that, you know, now their slogan and everyone, when they think of Jimmy John's, they think yeah. of freaky fast. Right. Well, right. they don't they don't go that far to deliver. Like unless you're within yep. a half a mile of them, they may yep. not deliver to you. But that's how yeah. they're able to do it so fast. And it was a franchisee that kind of had that idea. And everyone thought he was crazy when he first proposed it. Right. And then for yeah, whatever that, reason, that, it worked. And, and now it's a staple oh, yeah. that their marketing slogans are built around. Yeah, Eric Eric just had somebody on his podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and I listened to it, and it was a Jimmy John's franchisee who now he's down to just a couple, uh, but he talked about when when the brand was like, hey, we're going to do this 10-minute delivery thing, and, and everybody rallied behind it because they realized, like, I mean, you think about it, it's like where you're sitting, it's like, man, I'm hungry. What can I get as quickly as possible, right? If Chipotle could get me a bowl in 10 minutes, bro, like, game over yeah you know what i mean and, <laughs> and um hell like, yeah like, trust me like trust me we 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 have we're, we have those conversations within everbowl where it's like how can we do that and i that's where it goes back to me having my own store you know my son's got his driver's license like we'll figure this out we'll test it out yeah we'll shrink that shrink that radius keep doing business with doordash but what sure. if we tried this ourselves where you know I, I don't think we're going to on a on a transactional basis, we're not going to necessarily make more money, but I think we'll do more transactions because, you know, you are, you are a quick, fast option, not freaky fast, but fresh and fast or something like that. So fresh yeah. and fast. I like it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, maybe more repeat business too, right? Because yeah. if you, if you kind of become top of mind is that quick go to, but also in the case of Everbowl, fresh and healthy option. Right. 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 Those two things don't normally go hand in hand, fresh, Correct. healthy, and fast. Right. Yep. Usually it's and like it tastes good. You know what I mean? Like that, that's that was something big for Jeff was like, you know, you have so many of these brands across the country. And I mean, they all have their need in their space, but they are, you know, super high end healthy, which means expensive and they and they, they just don't taste as good, right? Um, and we're we're not that we're not that high end healthy, right? Um, but, but all of our stuff is, you know, all of our fruit is fresh fruit. All of our stuff has natural sugars in it, right? We're not adding additives and stuff to it and it's going to fill you up as well. So, um, yeah, it, it really, it really checks a lot of boxes in that way. Yeah. Delicious too. Um, yeah. So you're, you're sitting in this kind of unique position now where you're franchisee, right? So you've opened your own locations, you're operating your own locations, you are in a lot of ways sitting in the the role of the franchisor, 
to the franchisees that, that are in the states that you guys own. But then you also have the franchisor above you that you can I imagine in some ways you have to to report to them. I mean, I imagine yeah, yep. minimum type performance requirements, right? Because they don't want people buying the right yep. states and not doing anything with them or, or kind of sitting on them, but also they're there to support you. Um, so I, I guess the, the question I'm trying to get at is like, and maybe this is an unfair or loaded question, but like, what are you having the most fun with? Because I got to imagine, like, I, I don't like redundancies. Right. And so yeah. to me, what you're doing is fascinating. I'm like, that's like every day is going to be a little bit different. You know, you're, you're wearing all these different hats, but you know, for, for you personally, like, what are you enjoying the most yeah. out of these different responsibilities? Number number one is the relationship with the franchisees that we're bringing in the system. Um, I know that these are going to be long-term friendships and relationships. Um, you know, Kim and Rob Morris uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, Susan and Lewis Johnson, John and Jackie Murray. Like, I love these people, like truly. And and when I see the money that they're making and that their, their ROI is better than what they expected, like that's what makes me happy. Right. Yeah. Um, or Lewis, who was able to walk away from his car business because, uh, uh, Susan needed him full time inside the Everbowl store because they were doing, they were doing so well. Like that's, that's what I love. I just, I love that. And, you know, my, my, my favorite Wes, sorry, I'm just getting to know you, but guy named Wes Gray, his wife, him and his wife, Tara. Um, have been friends of mine for eight years and, and, you know, they, they took a chance and signed with Everbowl, um, and they're just absolutely crushing it. So it's that part. It's, it's, it's seeing that it works. Right. But then it's also the people that we're bringing into the system are just great people who want to make an impact in their community. That's important to Everbowl. That's important to Drew, um, as well. That's, that's really important to Drew, the people that are coming in the system. So that part, um, I also love the, interactions with headquarters trevor sacco uh, um, is just absolutely amazing and i just love having interactions with him it's like what if we tried this what if we tried this um you know just different ideas Shelly with the operations team talking about like the delivery type things and you know um you know what what can we bring to the menu next that that a high school kid could still prepare but it's going to help diversify our menu right yeah um, so it's just it's like you said i get to wear you know, I get to wear a whole bunch of different hats, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's. I would I would definitely say it's the it's the franchisees and the relationships with the franchisees. You know, I that, that makes perfect sense to me. I try to explain this to people. You know, when I'm sharing some of our experience owning franchises, I mean, literally some of you know the best friends that my wife and I have are franchisees you know, within the brands that we own and particularly the one that, that we've been involved with for, you know, coming up on six years now. And some of them have gone on and sold their businesses and are no longer involved. And we still stay in touch. Uh, I mean, we were at an annual convention for this brand a few weeks ago and a guy that sold his business a year and a half ago came to the annual convention just to hang out with everyone. <laughs> you know, right. like That's he, he couldn't stand not being there and, you know, <laughs> hanging out with the crew. <laughs> 
Um, we we tried Mitch, my partner Mitch and I we tried to do that with Verizon. We're like, hey, can we still come to the con- can yeah. we come to Vegas? To the yeah, I don't think he yeah. told anyone he was coming. He just kind of showed That's up. The- I don't know if they yeah. would have you know allowed it otherwise, but um, right. you know that's an important part of what anyone should be evaluating. You know, obviously, you know the the business has to make sense in a variety yep. of of ways. The the financials have to pencil out. You've got to see you know, a good ROI opportunity. One of the biggest things I coach people on is like, Hey, before we look at the widget, you know, whatever the product or the service is like really try to get clear on like what you want your role as a business owner to to be. Right. And that way you don't get into something only to later realize that you're miserable doing what's required of you to, to be successful um and and you know to make sure it meshes up with the type of lifestyle that that you're looking Correct. to build um but assuming all of that you know lines up you also want to really evaluate the culture right and it's kind of going back to what you said you know going out there and meeting with Jeff and the rest of the team you know sounds to me like you pretty quickly saw like hey these are the type of people I want to be in business with we have similar values i can see you know at least the starting point of the type of culture that they're looking to build. And that's right. That's the type of culture I want to be a part of. Um, yep. That's an important, very important piece that I think too many people, unfortunately overlook, you know, when they're looking at, at different franchise opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, man. It's good. So what advice would you have, you know, for, the the person that's you know sitting here listening to this and maybe they've you know listened to to numerous of my podcasts talking about franchise ownership maybe they've listened to you know some of Van Horn's podcasts or doesn't matter where they're hearing it right but they're they're thinking right. about this prospect of business ownership and and in particularly franchise ownership but they don't quite know where to go from here uh or or how to get to the point of you know just actually being able to to take some positive steps towards that that goal what what advice would you give to the aspiring entrepreneur that's out there feeling stuck right now yeah i mean take action you know you you um uh i i always like to say if you want to be a giant slayer hang out with other giant slayers and what yeah. the, the story for that is David killed Goliath in the Bible. And then later on in the Bible, um, the only other people that killed giants were David's mighty men, right? So you can imagine that David was sitting around the fire telling war stories about, yeah, dude, I took this and I swung it. It's, it hit him in the head and then I cut his head off. And they're all like, wow. <laughs> you know, so they weren't scared when they came up to see the giants. Yeah. So if you want to yeah, yeah. be, if you want to be a successful franchisee, or you want to learn about franchising, I guarantee there's somebody that is one or two connections away from you that is in franchising. Social yeah. media, right, has has shrunken uh, the, this country, right, where we could reach out and connect to people all, all over the place, right? Like, reach out to somebody like Wes, reach out to somebody like Eric, um, get in get in Eric's Franchise Secrets Facebook page, man, and just say, hey, yeah, I'm interested free. in franchising. And yeah. it's a free Facebook page. I mean, I, I am always open if anybody wants to send me a message like to, to help point people in the right direction. But take action, start talking to people about it, right? And even if you don't um, don't 
don't have paralysis by analysis, right? If you if you talk to somebody like Wes and you spend 45 days going through a process looking at a franchise and then you decide not to do it, that wasn't a loss. You just learned a lot about yes. the franchise development process and then it better prepares you for the next one, right? You just learned um, a lot about... It prepares you for buying a franchise off of an existing franchisee or whatever that is. But I, I never... You know, I never look at a deal that falls through as a, as a bad thing because I'm going to learn so much in that process. So just take action, start connecting with people. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask, right? The franchising community is loaded with people, um, that are givers. Uh, and yes. I, I think you'll be blown yes. away by that, right? Um, we are not our, our, our fathers and grandfathers, business owners where it's like, we have to keep these, these trade secrets. Nobody's going to know how I make my donuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're all going to be like, people are open to sharing, you know, and, and helping each other out. There was a, there was a franchisee, uh, a competitor of ours that they were asking about local media or local grassroots marketing. And I gave him advice. I was like, I don't care. Like, you know, I want to see you thrive. I want to see you be more successful. And, um, so yeah, just taking action, getting connected, um, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there's, there's probably some amazing franchise people right in the city that you live in and no go doubt. buy them a coffee. You know what I mean? Like yeah. go to that, like, I guarantee the guy that owns your local subway is a baller. Yeah. Um, and he probably, <laughs> he probably owns, has more than one of them. He owns 15 of those suckers. And, um, he, he, you know, Jimmy John's like all of these brands, man, like they're, they're absolutely crushing it. Um, you know, so yeah, just, they're going to be more than willing to more than willing to to help. Just buy them a cup of coffee, and they'll 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 tell you. Yeah, all all great great advice there. Go back and listen to that uh, again so you can catch all of those different nuggets. But tell us all quickly what are the states that you guys own, right? So for anyone out there interesting thinking huh this everbowl thing sounds sounds pretty freaking cool maybe maybe i want to get in on the action yeah how do they get in touch with you and and what are the areas that you own uh you know where essentially someone would be talking with you and working with you if they wanted to learn more about what becoming a franchise owner looks like yeah so so number one contact um, just look up Alex Jader on any social media platform there. There's, it's a weird last name. So there's only one other Alex Jader and he's like a 17 year old kid out of New Orleans and, and I connected with him. So we're friends. So if you accidentally reach out to him, he'll, he'll point <laughs> you my way. He gets um, a small commission for anyone yeah, that he, yeah, uh, absolutely, forwards absolutely. on to you. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. post all your, uh, social oh, media sure. handles, any, any yeah. thing you want, Email, we'll post in the show notes. So, yeah. So, so please reach out. Um, we are, we are actively looking for franchisees in, in all 13 of our states. Um, we are in, uh, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, um, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, North and South Carolina, Virginia. And then we are in, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana. I think that was all 13. I'm pretty sure. I wasn't sure. counting, sure. but I'm, I'm impressed that you, you were ran able out to. Of yeah, you ran out of, I, I have to geographically go, go through it, but, and you talked about territory. There's some baller territories still available. Um, Charleston, South Carolina, Raleigh, mm. North Carolina, um, the Greenville, South Carolina market, um, Memphis, Tennessee, 
Um, you know, Alabama, um, I have a store that I am opening um, that, that I bought from an existing acai place that we're going to resell, right? Like we, we're just, we're, we're buying it because we don't want it to just disappear. We, we want to turn it into an Everbowl. Um, but you know, that thing's going to be available for sale. Uh, the, the Bentonville, Arkansas market, like just scores off the Walmart land. Yeah. yeah. Walmart land and, um, the entire Chicago land market, um, Cincinnati, Ohio. So yeah, there's, there's tons of really awesome territories still available. Um, and you know, we'd, we would love to talk to you. Uh, owner operators absolutely crushing in our system, but then we do have, uh, owners that they place an operator in the store. Um, you know, so it could work either way. The, the most important thing is we need people that are al- aligned with our core values. The most important ones are make friends and have fun. Um, and they're going to they're gonna act with integrity. They're going to deliver a remarkable experience. Um, and they're just really going to care about, they're going to really care about the store and the kids that work there. Because, I mean, it's going to be a bunch of high school kids. My, my 15-year-old son, Quinn's in here hanging out with me right now. He, he helps work at our Evable store. My 17-year-old son works there. RGM's 19 years old, so you know you're really you're really going to be leaving and loving on a lot of high school and college age kids. So, got to be got to be the right fit for you as a person. But would yeah. love to talk to you. So cool. Well, uh, we will. Like I said, I'll get all the contact info, social media handles, websites, any of that. Put it in the show mo- uh, show notes to make it easy for people to find. You always know you're talking to someone that's doing some pretty cool stuff when. It takes them a minute to remember everything they own. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good indicator. Um, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day and he's like, uh, how many locations of this brand do you have? And it took him a minute and he's kind of counting. Right. He's like 12, 13, maybe 12 or 13. I think, yeah. uh, you know, you got some, some good stuff going on when, when, uh, it takes a minute to, to remember, I appreciate it. uh, one last question for you. And then I'll let you get back to your day. Uh, if my wife and I become Everbowl franchisees in Wilmington, do you think Drew Brees will come on the podcast? Uh, absolutely. I'll make it happen. We'll, <laughs> okay. We'll, 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 if, if he doesn't say yes, I'll trick him into it. I'll be like, hey, let's jump on a video call. And then all of a sudden you're on. And it's like, hey, I got to go. And then like, you just record Alex, it. what is this, man? Yeah. Come on. Uh, but no, yeah. <laughs> catfished. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. He, uh, the, when we opened Clarksville, Tennessee, Susan Johnson, who I just absolutely adore, um, she's like, you got to get Drew at this opening. And I'm like, look, I, he's going to come visit the store sometime, but I'm not going to, he's not going to be at the opening, you know? Uh, but right before the store opened, I texted him, I was like, hey, you got time for a quick FaceTime? And he FaceTimed me and, I was like, hey, Susan, one of my partners wants to talk to you. And I handed him the phone. And she's a big Saints fan. And she goes, who day? Who that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is so cool. Um, but, dude, I, I really appreciate really appreciate you. Appreciate the mentorship you've been providing for me in franchise development. And uh, excited to continue to grow grow our relationship. And, obviously, if there's anything I can do to, to help you, um, you know, hit me up. I appreciate you, man. Hey, hundred percent, and that's that's right back at you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, staying in close communication. But um, Alex Yater, thank you so much for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Go reach out to Alex if you want to learn more about Everbowl and their amazing franchise opportunities. Thanks, everyone.
that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path, the number two, frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.